0: You are listening to episode 131 of the STEM Space. Today, Natasha and I are answering a listener's question about how to differentiate engineering design practices for each grade level. You can learn about different approaches to preparing your students to become expert problem solvers by slowly introducing them to the engineering design process, all while making it accessible and engaging for young minds. Tune in. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we
1: discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Claire. Hey. You surviving this uh, final week before the break?
0: Barely. (laughs) I am recovering from food poisoning. So I think it's just one of those one of those things. It's just all gonna hit me and I'm gonna be crawling to the finish line. <laughs> and I was
1: leaving you alone this week because I'm like, she's got so much school stuff and probably Christmas parties, you're having a staff party at your house and t- oh tomorrow. Yep. And so I thought that's what the, you know, silence was and then apparently you were just <laughs> collapsing nope.
0: in Yeah pretty much. So finding a sub at this time of year is also really hard. Oh, and you said
1: <laughs> that is really hard in general for STEM, right?
0: Yes. Yes, it's really hard cuz there people are really intimidated by teaching STEM, which I understand. Uh it sounds really complicated, but I make it really easy. We have I usually have the Lego task cards as my sub plans. Yeah. And so I'm like, you just give them the cards and give them bags of Legos and they build it, they can show you. And you can comment on it, but it's you don't need to know anything, um, which is what's great about the Lego task right. cards. Like if you're really struggling and you need a break on STEM stuff, just pull out those task cards. And what I love about our task cards is that it's not just a build a boat, you know. It's an actual challenge, and we have career connections thrown in there. We even have a whole task cards based on STEM careers. And so they're, they're more in-depth but i also have something else that i've about Ooh. finished that i'm hoping i was going to test out this week except i've not been there um is i made task mats because my kinder first and second graders are not great readers <laughs> so they can't really read the task cards. so i found myself reading them to them all the time and right. that's hard so i made these mats that are just pictures And it has one word that um, I'm trying to get them to use like sight words. So, for example, um, all the cards are alphabetical because it goes with alphabet stem. So the first one is ants for A, and it has a picture of a, a picnic blanket with food on it. And then there's a row of ants that are coming towards it. And so it's just basically build a way to protect your picnic from the oh, ants, that's so cool. and that's written on there for the teacher to like kind of help them. But it's to help them uh, practice identifying the problem. So they look at this picture and be like, "What is the problem that I need to solve?" The word is ants. Hopefully, they can read that or sound it out, and then they have to solve that with Legos. Okay.
1: First reaction is that's perfect for a family night, um, especially with the littles. So you should definitely incorporate that in like a future family event. And two, you had no idea what we were about to talk about, but that leads in perfectly into our today's podcast topic. Okay. (laughs) Sweet. So thanks for setting up, Claire. Okay, (laughs) we have a question from one of our listeners. This is from Christy in Coconut Creek,
0: Florida. That sounds amazing. I want to go there.
1: And white sand, no idea, and And coconuts. coconuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so she is a member of the STEM space, so she has access to all of our STEM lessons, and she's like, I use your scope and sequence, but I'm wondering if you could help me uh, figure out how to layer the engineering design process per grade level. So she needs some sort of scope and sequence for first through fifth grade on how to teach the engineering design
0: process. Oh, so like scaffolding
1: it. And I gave her a response, which you have not read, Um, but you are the expert as a kinder through ninth grade teacher. And so (laughs) the reason why I think you set it up so well Because one of the first things I told her, like for the littles, I was like, don't even worry about the design process. Have them use task cards with really clear instructions or pictures on something to build that solves a problem. So you're helping just introduce this idea of problem solving and design thinking with stories and pictures and
0: discussions. How'd I do? Uh, Perfect. Yes. 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 Definitely. So that's what my goal is with these mats. So yeah, I didn't even know that leads in really well. And then I also read storybooks to them and have them identify, well, what was the problem in this story and how did they solve it? So yes, if you don't have examples about what that's supposed to look like, then you can not expect them to just magically understand. I mean, all kids are great problem solvers, but to specifically identify what problem solving is it's really hard so we have to we have to walk them through that when they're little
1: when do you introduce uh or do you introduce the full engineering design process with your students
0: i teach them the song that i made up of the engineering design process starting in kindergarten (laughs) nope i knew that was gonna be the question (laughs) because
1: you know that will Um, be turned into a reel and put all of <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Yep. Emily, the one who uh, edits our podcast, would totally make that <laughs> a And I'm getting over food poisoning. This is not the time for me to be singing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'll um, record my students doing it and we can use that as like a that. reel. So we'll, I'll do that tomorrow. But, Yes, I start teaching them the song in kindergarten, so it's in their head, and then in second grade is when they really start doing engineering design process, like the full thing. Um, that, it's usually best when the students are good mm. readers, yeah. so that's usually about second grade.
1: Okay. So I had a similar thought. So I was thinking kinder through first, just really talk about the three stages of STEM. And so kinder first is our stage one, right? Like building up communication and that problem solving, but she asked specifically on design practices. And so I think it's just kind of introducing this idea of what engineers do to solve problems. And then second and third, I was giving her the advice to keep it really simple with design challenges and really focus on this idea of make, test and think. So you have a problem and usually these kids can just jump right in. It's harder for them to sit and not have access to the materials and kind of have to brainstorm and draw because it's so abstract for them, but you tell me if I'm wrong. Um, And so just like throw in and solve like a very simple design challenge with a few constraints to kind of set up how this idea works of design. And then they can keep testing until they have something that works.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think part of that is knowing your students. So I've had some years where I'm like, yeah, they're definitely not ready to, to be able to brainstorm and do a full design before building. Um, but like this year, my students are they're ready. I've had them since kindergarten, and so we've kind of worked up to it. And like we just did for Thanksgiving, the turkey nest challenge with my second graders, and they did amazing. They drew their nest and labeled their materials. Of course, the spelling was all over the place, but I tell them it doesn't matter. I just want you to put your ideas on paper. Um... I did something with them where I want them to to experiment more with the materials. So I said, okay, what do real turkeys build their nests out of? And so they would say, oh, well, probably anything that's outside that they can find. It's like, yeah, so that's what you're going to do too. So think about stuff in my makerspace and write down the materials you'd like to use for that. But then we're going to go outside and I want you to collect things like you're a (laughs) turkey. So go find things that. that turkeys would use. So leaves one group got a bunch of rocks which I was like uh okay but the turkey nest <laughs> you your know,
1: task is you're dropping an egg right is that the setup
0: yes yeah you're rocking dropping an egg from six inches and then 12 inches into a nest and the whole premise is that there's a giant turkey and it's it's going to be, it's endangered because this is, there's no giant turkeys anymore yes. and it's because their eggs always crack because it's such a long way for their <laughs> eggs to drop into their nest. Uh, and these kids are like, is this real? Are we really trying to save the turkey? I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's like Santa Claus. It's really oh. it's like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's great because, you know, the more these kids uh, work with materials more opportunities they have to figure out how to really brainstorm because they they would experience me like oh yeah cotton balls that would be really great for making it cushy which is what they say like okay absorbing force but cushy that works uh (laughs) so so yeah i think it's just knowing your kids but uh, definitely by third grade i start doing really more robust engineering design challenges that's where i do the stem explorers so um which is pretty much like the whole design process as rigorous as it is for ninth grade. So uh, they should be ready by then. And also this
1: experience with materials, like if they've been in a makerspace or STEM classroom, they kind of have enough of these experiences of how does paper, index cards, straws behave in different like building models. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think kinder through first just giving me those experiences with the materials helps them prepare for later. You know, design challenges. So if you bring in a new group of students that has never played around with these materials, how are they going to draw something without that experience?
0: Exactly. And I think that's the whole thing about um, doing the stage one and building those relationships with your students, not just relationships with each other and communication, but so that you can see where they are and what their experiences have been. If you have new students in the class, make sure you pair them with somebody who's more experienced and so that they can all have that, that good baseline right. of, of STEM hands on STEM.
1: Okay. So third is when you start introducing the full process So fourth and fifth, I was also saying you could have a little bit of research added in. And so bringing some more background knowledge to the science of dropping things on a turkey nest, (laughs) you know, instead of (laughs) jumping in and just building, having them step back a little bit, understand what content is important. And then when they get to testing how they collect data, analyze that data, and make decisions based off of data, because now they'll have the math skills that can support that. Um, and then also this sort of the idea of optimization, but basically there can be multiple right answers. And how do
0: we pick an optimal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that that is where you can start doing more like peer review mm-hmm. kind of things. Um what what is that called? Where you walk around the room, I'm drawing a blank on that the word. Uh you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I have them uh stop like mid-build and I have them walk around and look at each other's designs mm-hmm. and then have them give critiques yeah. and uh things that they like about it. What is that called? All the teachers um, out there are yelling it's gonna it at me to come later. They're yelling at yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's when you start doing that so they can recognize what things are working and what things aren't. And I always tell my classes, specifically starting in first grade, I say, how many teams do we have in this classroom? And usually they'll be like, oh, we have 12 or six, until I'm like, nope, you have one. There's no such thing as stealing ideas. Nobody's copying you. We're all learning from each other because there's one team in here and we're all trying to help each other succeed. So it's all about, oh, hey, I figured out how to make this work. Well, share it. That's how uh, engineering progresses. That's how science progresses is we share our ideas and share the things that work so we can share in the success. So research is part of that. That's when my students start doing the really big real world problems. So we've built wheelchairs in the past. I start, I do that in in fourth grade, Uh, and so, and then starting in fifth grade, I've even done the um, weather balloon. So, which is really intense. And obviously,
1: you can layer on different difficulties on each of these projects so like how involved your students are yes. especially in the earlier stages of like figuring out the problem and that research phase and the testing um so it's here like you said it's the teachers involvement and understanding what their students are capable of and so that's why it was hard to answer Christy's question because I don't know her students so I gave a generic if you have you know them for kinder through first or fifth grade here's kind of how you can build that up Um, but if you're dropping students in, in third grade without any experience, like it's going to look really different and going back to this idea of optimization. So I am, um, my head is full of my dissertation right now. (laughs) I'm in the (laughs) home stretch, Claire. I've been writing like no joke for six to eight hours every day for like the last month. I did not know how much work <laughs> was going to go in just like writing a freaking book, which is what you have always said we should do. And now I don't think we should. job. Okay. <laughs> so much easier to just talk it out in a podcast. You don't have to like edit and make it pretty and all the references and citations. Yeah. Um. Mm. So my I'm in chapter three of a five chapter dissertation. Okay. Chapter one's not done, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh. Uh, but this is the hard ones, right? These are, This is the each chapter is a study. So I have like the research I did, and then I have to analyze the data and then I have to like bring it all together. And so I was looking through over a 100 articles on engineering in middle school. And I was trying to figure out like, what are they doing? What are students doing in engineering? And I picked up on this idea that some focus on just get it to work. So, kind of what we talked about, like second and third grade. Mm. How do you make a design just work and meet the design criteria? But what's more challenging is this idea of optimization. And there's a lot of designs that will work, but what balances what the customer wants? So they want it to look pretty. They don't want to pay a lot of money. And what you know technically works. What materials do you have? What is like your risk of if it fails? How easy is it to produce? uh, Thinking of like the full life cycle of a product. And for me, that starts going into more middle and high school is where I think that's appropriate. And a tool that I liked that I think we should make a product on is a decision or design matrix. So the idea is you are forced to come up with like three or five ideas that work. And then you compare them to all the criteria and constraints. So you have the things that it has to meet. And then you have like, oh, well, how much does it cost? What is the aesthetics? Are other things the customer wants that are kind of fudgy? <laughs> what's the word? <laughs> yeah. So like there's not a clear answer. And they could be weighted on what's more important. And so like your turkey design, you drop the eggs and it doesn't crack. But maybe the rock one is really uncomfortable or is really expensive and hard to build because it's so heavy. And so that will give you a different score. So it's a more systematic yeah. way to decide on your design once you get through the initial they work part.
0: Oh, I really like that. Yes, that would be amazing. Because it's really hard to get your students to think in that direction. Because right. they just want it to work and be like, oh, I'm done. But to really think about, of- Through all of the things and the client that's such a big deal
1: right and honestly I've never done that with students I've never taken them to that phase be oh actually planning game so the Mars and moon habitats is a form of that because Mm -hmm. they have a whole table and they're trying to balance all the criteria with the budget and the happy smiley faces Mm -hmm. so maybe we have done that I think so
0: just not very explicit yeah yeah. But
1: for like a more simple design challenge, like the turkey nest uh-huh. or something like a robotic arm, I've always just gone to the point of it works. Yay, success, we're done. And then we try to make it harder, like make it drop from, you said, 12 inches uh-huh. so you could like keep
0: increasing. Right. Yeah, we've always optimized on what works the best. But not like
1: optimized. It was just iterate to make it better. Uh So we're always just like extending how what it's capable of, but we didn't really optimize with like the type of materials or the budget or aesthetics. And so that's where I could see every team in your okay, this is what I think you could try. Okay. You can have all your students like the middle school, each team come up with a design that works, and then you stop there and you say, Okay, we've all have a design that works. Now, how do we decide which one is best mm. and then have your students come, come up, up with
0: the criteria for, yeah.
1: Oh, I like
0: that. That is so good. That. Yes. I've, I've only shared examples of things cause I don't really, I, I guess I'd never thought how the best way to teach that. That's really good though. Cause when I was at Boeing, um, there was an airplane there that we were working on that the wings were swept like really severely and then it had these really cool swept wingtips. And I was trying to do some analysis on the structure. I was like, why are we doing it this way? Like, it's not, I don't think that really improves the performance. And they said, oh yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, the, the business people decided that's what looked best and that's would. people would want the airplane to look really cool, and so we figured out, well, this will work. Um, it doesn't give us anything, like engineering-wise, but it looks cool. So that's why that decision was made to sweep the wings like that. I was like, oh, huh,
1: <laughs>
0: which and that goes like against everything you think about engineering. Oh yeah, they didn't teach us that and. No. In school. We didn't yeah. care about the customer. No, we didn't. We just wanted we just the math wanted to, to work. Sure. Yeah, the beam doesn't break. <laughs> yeah, done. Yes, yeah, so that is a huge piece that we should definitely emphasize in STEM.
1: Okay, I love it. So we have our homework. Um, you are going to go to your students and try this kind of optimization okay. exercise. And we expect a recording of you, not you, your students. <laughs> singing the engineering design process and we will share it out on social media um but i think yeah i'm excited to kind of hear people's thoughts on how you scaffold or introduce this design process and how you can go beyond where we've usually end with it works so we'd love to hear people's thoughts on that um but for now stem space out
0: do you get our free weekly newsletter If not, you're missing out on amazing content, free resources, and ideas from Vivify and other STEM education leaders. All you need to do to subscribe is head to vivifystem.com backslash subscribe and get your copy delivered right to your inbox.